This is Radically Alive Women's Agecast. This is part three of Michelle Manjada's interview. Part three focuses on game world consulting and a game world conversation. I've been working with this indigenous community of Mayans that live in a town that is about 45 minutes away by car from where I live. And it's night and day. So I'm mostly on the beach side. There's also a jungle side. And there's tourists here. You know, this is Puerto Morelos, close to Cancun. Yes, it's a fisherman's village. However, there are many expats. There are many people that are here on tourism and families. The prices have gone through the roof as they have in many areas of the world, as you can imagine, especially the more open areas with the lockdown. A lot of the expats, they wanted something more free. They didn't want to get vaccinated. And Mexico did not force vaccines on anyone. So the influx of expats was significant. Then Leona Vicario is, like I said, like 45 minutes away, maybe an hour away. And it is a complete contrast. It is a very lost and sad town of Mayan families who have unfortunately, through the generations, lost their roots, lost their rooting, lost their culture, lost their language. And it is immensely sad. And the cycle of poverty that I have witnessed, I had not lived in Mexico for a very long time. My adult life, I lived in the United States and Chile and Spain throughout my adult life. And so it's my first time back home. And I had lived in Mexico City, but not in this type of setting. And to be in the presence of Mayans and the amount of love that they have inherently within themselves and the amount of dysfunction that is in their behavior and apparent is such a dichotomy to me. And so I met this particular beautiful Mayan woman, young woman, mother of one and pregnant with another. And I just fell in love with her. She came through the door. She was going to come and help me with the house because that's how they work. They work cleaning the homes, gardening, construction, you name it. That's what they work in. And when she walked through the door, I immediately felt her sadness was so big. And fast forward, we've been working together for three years. I say working because I hold emotional healing space for her, for her family, for her husband as well, for them as a couple, for the community at large, the other men. So it's been, I'm not going to say that it's hundreds or anything like that. However, I am kind of the go-to person that they can trust. This is why I'm grateful. They have learned, they've been hit so hard. There's been so much violence, so much systemic discrimination so much lack of value, men and women. So imagine the men are not valued at all because they have a different physiology, by the way, they're Mayans. So they're smaller in size and stature. They've not been educated in school. They've lost their indigenous language also, and they work the lowest level jobs. And then those men then have wives or lovers or whatever, because, you know, at the end of the day, Mexican, so the kind of the mainstream Mexican culture of womanizing and alcohol and all of that has infected them as well, as well as the systemic discrimination and systemic poverty and violence. And they have 
seen so much. It's almost like I don't know if it would be okay for me to share the level of stories that I've encountered. And I wonder if that's okay for you and your audience. Because I have a sense that a lot of people are still in Western world living in a bubble of the degree of suffering of humans. And I have them right here. And I'm not saying that there are, there's probably more suffering elsewhere. I'm a little scared to share, but the level of violence is, is huge. I feel it's inhumane. And I feel angry. I feel very angry. I feel very scared that that cycle, there's no end to it. It's generation after generation of these new generations. This beautiful woman, she just came in a few days ago because I'm with her a lot. And I just opened a new kind of fundraising because her father had a stroke. So this is kind of my new project to help now the more extended elders of the family. And they live five hours away and they're in the middle of nowhere. They don't have anything. They don't have food for today. Literally, they're living literally day by day. And I just found out that her daughter, who I saw when she was pregnant and I saw as a baby and I've carried, was just diagnosed with malnutrition. So I've been working with them, helping get them this little house in a piece of property. So this has been kind of three years in the making. And in the property, we're building a woman's co-op so that women can have caregiving, which is a big problem for women, right? Indigenous women, because who's going to take care of the babies? And how? How do they take care of the babies and work? And then the men, because they are very much in the patriarchy, they're expecting the wives to bring in the money and cook and what they wash by hand, by the way, they wash by hand. There are no washing machines. As a matter of fact, there's no running water where she lives still. When we opened this space, it was over a year and a half ago to build this little shack really for them was exactly February of 2022, which is the exact date when the Ukrainian war began. So there's this compassion fatigue in people between the war and the earthquakes and the hurricanes. It's like where even $5 is a big project. So what is the women's co-op? It sounds like there's an empowerment aspect there and like women yeah. creating a space to support each other. Yes, and they're still in survival mode. So this plan and this vision, the property is there. We know how we're going to build it. Part of the money is ready, is there. And, okay, do I move to the jungle to help manage the construction and the building, which is a big deal? Everything's a big deal. The amount of details, right? To carry the materials from here to that part of the jungle next to Leona Vica, because they're not in the town. They're in the jungle. So this is all a big deal. And what a beautiful project. And how? How do we make this happen? How do we do this? And it's been a slow process. And I'm on it. I don't get compassion fatigue. So what I've noticed in the team that I've had with me for these three years is that they dwindle and go. Not in the ceremony, not in the healing. Those teams, like those people stay and we're here. And But when it is in being a service of these really, really vulnerable people, they get fatigue and then they're gone. And so it's like kind of creating new teams. So I would like possibilities about that from you and others that hear about this. The women's co-op idea is to do healing work, emotionally healing work. I do find that the women of this community that I have worked with 
are completely different. They are taking a stand for themselves. They're not adapting. They're saying, do not speak to me like that. I hear a lot of the stories of the work. I can now kind of see it and feel it. On my end, of course, it feels it's not enough, right? So I feel angry about that. I feel sad about that. And they are in such gratitude. Of, no, come on. We, you know, things are so much better. My husband treats me so much better. He went to a men's circle. I collaborate with another man, a medicine man, and he had men's circles. And I asked him, could you invite the men of this community that cannot pay anything, not even a dollar, to come to your men's circles? And this is someone I've worked with, this man, this young man, and kind of mentored him. And he said, of course. So they go to men's circles and they've been crying amongst men because these men have never cried. They are so wounded. So what do they do with the wives? So anyhow, the idea of the women's co-op is, for example, one of the ideas to make cacao. There are many cacao possibilities. Cacao ceremonies, cacao as a medicine, cacao is very, very big right now. Cacao in Mexico is huge. And every single part of the cacao process is very enjoyable, by the way, because I've done it. And it is a moneymaker. And bars are possible, powder is possible, and psilocybin within cacao is possible. So there are many, many possibilities with regards to cacao. Also the artesanía, right? All of the different beautiful paintings and Macramés, they are artisans and amazing cooks. The way that they cook is from scratch and that they have kept from their culture. From scratch, from beginning to end, the homemade tortillas, the, all of that. And they're in survival mode. So there are all of these skills that have not been tapped into because there has been no space. They're in survival mode. They don't know what they're going to eat that day, literally. And you know, they need help. The government's not going to help. So in order to empower them, another th thing that makes me feel angry is when I hear, and I've heard it more than a couple of times, people saying, well, yeah, but you can't give them the money, you know, don't give it. Cause I do that. It's all, all about freedom. When it was time to give money for the construction and he's a construction worker, this house that I'm talking about in particular, I said to her, I entrusted her. I said, here's the money, you manage it. You pay your husband and the team. So she was managing the crew of men. And how did that work? And the house is there. She was so responsible. And he was like aligned. He was like, you know, it's true. It was through her that these white people started to work and I haven't left them. So he still trusts me. It's really about building relationship and then what I'm interested in is how to empower these people to stand in their own power and create, to have enough space that they don't have to be in survival and can step into this creation of the rich culture that they descend from and the aspects of generating income also from that. And there's an element of through the women, this comes through the women. You're working yes. with the women and with the women, their whole community will thrive if the women thrive. Yes, and it's been a while. And I'll share something that makes me feel angry is there is a very big, like I said, expat community, conscious community in this area. Tons of groups. And they're called Lat. That's the name of the group. Conscious Playa del Carmen. Conscious Tulum. Conscious this, conscious that. 500 people, 600 people, 200 people, 300 people. Like I am 
in all of those groups. And I share like the GoFundMe, if you want to come and help with a building, if you'd like to come and da, 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 if you'd like, if you're a therapist and would like to hold space or whatever, guess how many people have actually either given money or said, I want to come and participate in the physical, like take a guess. It's been over a year and a half now that I've been working in the house project, but I've been working with her for three years. It's been like 15 to 16 people that donated and four of them are like very close to me. Like there weren't strangers. So what is it about that? Something that I'm discovering is it's a new way of econo money is about how it's like for me as a space holder, I need to paint the bigger picture of what is it that the others want also, which is bigger than me, which is bigger than the village, which is bigger than them. So it's finding the bigger anchor point, the bigger point of origin of this. So it's actually not about building a house for them. That's the side product. It's like, okay, well, what is in there for these people? And even for the people that it's not for them to get more clients because these clients won't be paying them. It's like, if it was like, okay, I want to create an ecotourism here. Like we start building a jungle hut and you get to spend time there and actually connect with indigenous people and eat Mayan food. So they have an immediate experience. I don't know that that is mm. the, the actual thing, but it's to connect to the bigger thing behind it all. So it's not focused on the, because otherwise it's, again, it's, it's sort of a poor people need to be rescued kind of scenario. And people are over that. As you say, there's this fatigue like because you can rescue so many people you know, everywhere. And mostly those people that you're addressing are probably also in survival mode, just not so obviously. Some, so, yeah, some, some not. I have evidence that many are not. If people are in modern culture and patriarchy, they are in survival mode. They're playing safe. Oh, yes. So they are yeah, in survival yeah. mode, but they're numb to their survival mode. It's similar to what you said about the trauma. People don't yeah. realize they're in survival mode, but they're actually not creating. So that's just a commonality. like how to craft your own game world. So this would be a training program that you offer how to craft your own game world by consulting other people crafting. So the Mayan people are crafting their own game world. These women are crafting. It's actually a women's empowerment program, for example, and it's non-hierarchical. So it's not about, oh, we're going to help these poor people. It's like we're bringing women together to create this abundance and collaboration with each other or whatever. Like it needs to come through you and your wisdom and what really excites you about this part. Like, why are you in that? Why are you creating that? Because I don't think you're creating that to make a few people feel better about their lives. I think there's a bigger purpose. So what is your bigger purpose? This woman's quote about empowering them, giving them a voice, giving them this tribe, like this, this community, because this is the other thing. They're quite isolated. So one is over there and there, she's in survival mode with the kids. The other one's over there, you know, far away. There is no transportation in and out. So the idea was to empower a community feeling where they could co-create, they could bring all of their culture, all of their, so many gifts. And what I have found has been this survival hamster wheel of the, now the baby's malnourished. Now the father is sick again. The other one, the brother just got shot in the face, literally got shot in the face, right? The hospitals won't take him. So now that's a huge emergency. So their emergencies are real life or death emergencies, almost on a monthly basis. If it's not one, it's the other, it's the other, it's the other. And I find that to create the cohesion, first, they need to be out of survival mode because if they don't know what they're going to eat that day, 
How can I now expect them to co-create and come together and be together? They don't know what they're going to eat that day, literally. Yeah, and a possibility is like, okay, so a group of women gathering a women's circle and the women's circle goes on a field trip and they bring food for three days. And the one day they cook together with a Mayan and they learn some recipes and the Mayans get to eat. And it's an exchange that is way bigger because you get something out of it that is community. So it's like this community there is actually a larger community than just those because they are part of the larger community. They're part of the global village. So you're actually a global village building because that's what people probably around you, modern culture people are lacking community. So here's this common project to be in community with each other. We're not going to fix these people. We're not going to change them and we're going to cook with them. And we're going to learn from them and they're going to learn from us. And we're going to just have a women to women conversation. Mm -hmm. I will try again. I'll persevere and I'll try again. I did all that. Like when I started this particular women's co-op, all of the flyers, invitations, it wasn't the cooking piece. It was more the planting the trees piece for the, for the home. And maybe it is more about the culture and the cooking. And maybe I tried again and maybe, yes, the Ukraine war came and it was a big, big shock in the world globally also. So maybe I start over and try that again. I did do all that. I even had two gatherings. And, yeah. And, and that's the thing about feedback and coaching. It's like, this didn't yeah. work or it, it worked only to a limited extent. I wouldn't even say it didn't work. It's preparing the field also. And then the piece that I have is like that you go with your excitements. Like, how would you like to be with these women together with women from the circle around you? What would be something that excites you and that you are willing to spend your time with? And because your time is mm. also precious. It is. Just like you're creating with your work is this creating that which feeds you also, because that's the piece that you have. And that's the wisdom that comes through you. Yeah, and responsibility is really this thing that comes from the inside. This is your commitment. I hear you are committed to them. This is there. Yeah. And what if that is not so much about doing, and this is really about being, and you go and be with them. And if cacao ceremony is something you want to explore, then you, you invite them, hey, let's create a cacao ceremony with close friends. We make it a fundraiser. Whoever wants to be there needs to pay X amount or needs to pay in food, bring food, like make it about the real things. Like, okay, if food is the problem, money is not the issue. Food is the issue. So ask people to donate food. So when they go shopping, they buy an extra bag of potatoes or rice or something and drop it off at your house. And once a week, you drive them food there. It's like, get away mm. from the money, like bake a cake yeah. for these people or make a dish for them, freeze it and I'll bring it to them or something like that. And, and then it's really this human, oh, I get goosebumps because this is what it's about. It's about this human connection and people are longing for that. They are longing for human connection. Thank you for that. I really, really like that idea. I think that that is one I did not try and I will try that one. I really like that one. And you just reminded me two nights ago, I have a rooftop and I invited, I opened it up a space, nothing to do with the Mayan community, open a space of all of the mushroom ceremony people to come in the physical with a potluck and bring your instruments. So we had 15 people here, many of which I've never met. And it was great. Everyone brought their food and people brought all sorts of things. And I can totally get energized with this potluck that we had and people didn't know each other. But what they had in common is that they had had ceremony with me. That was the commonality. And they're like, it was great. And I would love this idea to do it with them. 
yeah and i don't I know it. whether you're using that already but it's like when you're having these ceremonial spaces you know the plant mm -hmm. medicine has been safeguarded and the tradition of it has been held space for by the mayans for a long time otherwise it would have been lost right the indigenous people have held space for the plant medicine and the wisdom to be handed down and sort of in new zealand there's this word in tereo in the maori language they say kaitiaki is the guardians so the guardians or stewards of that plant medicine it's like you're inviting fundraising you're inviting people to donate to the cause and you might be doing that already but not out of all poor people it's like hey to honor their space holding over the centuries of their people yeah. for the plant medicine it's like paying back and that's just on mm. top of what they're paying to you they can pay more if they want to they don't have to it's totally voluntary so it's just opening up the stream yeah i like it i like that a lot thank you for that mayans come on they brought us astronomy and the calendar and hieroglyphic right all of that was the and Mayans. what a gift it would be to the world if these people were connected to the like because they come from this highly evolved lineage so if we're reconnecting them to their own wisdom this will elevate the world so this goes way beyond helping some individuals you know this is actually Absolutely. really it's like a homeopathic doses there will just make this big explosion on the planet Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Thank you for that. And I have a sense that I, there's more of that coming now. There's more of that coming and there's more sense of community here now. I also, there's this physical space that's necessary. So also being in the physical is also necessary for a lot of the work, not all of it. Yeah. And some yeah. of what you've done is connect with people that have a financial means. So if they honor the plant medicine that you brought to them, you could still contact them and say, hey, by the way, I'm raising funds to empower women from the culture that has held space for this plant medicine for generations and decades. Would you like to honor that also? And then you can pay to hear. I love that word. Even if it's not the same, because it's not, it doesn't matter. It, it is it is plant medicine that all of these indigenous cultures have been holding. All of exactly. them. Yeah. And I white really people, like as white people, we have lost, we've abandoned that. And there's a real, like what you said before, humans are needing spirit and the indigenous cultures, if not especially the plant medicine, they have been holding spirit and now they need support and reconnecting to their spirit. It's really, they um, do. and that's yeah. the real thing. Oh. Like, it's not even about the food. The food is the material expression of it. Yep. Really think yeah. big. That's my invitation. Think big, connect to the source yeah, of it. Too. Yeah. Yes, yes. I really, really love that. And I do find that I get so scared when these emergencies happen and scared in the sense of, right, so now it's this rush, but it's bigger than that. It's let's have a team and it's getting them to reconnect back because of course emergencies are going to happen. They're completely misaligned with their purpose on the planet of their lineage over their ancestries completely missing. And, and that's like emergency is like a bit like what you also said about ceremony. There's no bad trip. The emergencies are actually where the crust breaks open, where this is okay. So you don't want that to happen, right? So what do you want instead? Like this is the door opener for conversations because it's not living. If you are just jumping after emergency, after emergency, it's like, okay, so what's the route? And maybe some people will die in that process probably because yeah, Yes. If there's no other structure to hold something different, people will die. Mm -hmm. People will starve. If people don't choose a different path, that's what's going to happen. 
and so that is sort of the gold again you know this is on the face of it it looks like a really terrible problem and the gold in the problem is that things need to shift things need to change and for them to take a stand for that okay what do you want really no rescuing like what do you want? i'm here to support you but you're in charge this is your culture yeah one of the 20 year olds last year i had not been working with him personally i had heard about him he got stabbed and killed last year 20 minutes from here and I sense that that's, again, this the women have a key because the women will be really grieving hard out for their son. The women will be feeling the pain, the sadness, mostly the sadness. And that's like the first step to know, wow, this doesn't work. We need something different. Yeah. And that's a movement that I'm taking a stand for is for women to go first in any community because they will take the rest of the community with them. And that yes. like the collaboration with men is absolutely essential. I want the men to heal just as much. It's really not about women against men. And it's about starting there where the heart of the community beats. Yes, I completely agree. And, and I'm going to share this other thing that is really, really sad. And I just heard about it as I came back. So this month is that there's a couple of the pillars of the men that really wanted to take more of a stand for the women and for community and for their kids. And because of how dire the situation is here regarding salaries and financials and many things that I can share about, they're going to the U.S. They're going to leave the families and they're going to go undocumented to the U.S. and leave the women with the babies. And they've decided. And there's no changing their mind. That's an additional layer. Really huge. It's really, really sad. Thank you for all those possibilities. Yeah, so I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. So how do you envision or what is the power of or what would be like kind of the key components? And I think you shared a lot here, but I would like to hear about your experience in an example or examples of actually this distinction or this is what really brought this out from these women or this particular woman or this is the outcome or it was this messaging. Something like that. I want to hear from you with regards to empowering and unfolding their, I want to say their leadership or their power, their position, their heart position. I think you mentioned it like from my research. And that's why I'm so passionate about holding space for Rage Club. Women need access okay. to their rage so that they can actually feel their sadness, so that they can feel their fear, so that they can say what's in them. If they can't speak mm -hmm. up for themselves, then nothing will change. If they can't be fierce love because they're too scared, they don't have access to their power of creation. Women need to create. We are original creatresses. We create life in our wombs and not just yes. physically. We create, we are creatresses of the universe. And if I don't have access to my anger in terms of actioning on my ideas, actioning on my vision, then it just gets lost or it seeps into the bigger consciousness field and it might just take eons for it to materialize. So conscious anger for women is really rocket fuel for evolution of humankind. Very well said. There's a lot of anger, conscious anger work that happens in ceremony. A lot. A lot. It shows up. I mean, I encourage it. I bring it and it comes. Like they have it. It is there. there. You don't have to make women or humans angry. They are already angry. It's just they need they, the, they need the container for that to be held in a safe space because there's so much violence. As you say, 
you know, there's so much violence happening in that village. Okay, so the people are angry. Great. I mean, it's not great that it comes out unconsciously, but okay, great. Well, empower the men to hold space for men's anger in that village. That would be so awesome. If there's a man in your community that is drawn to that, support him with all you can that he goes out and does that because it's a man's job. It's not your job. Yeah, great. Yeah, I do. I do have a, a guy that helps helps a lot with the uh, with the anger work when it's men in my space, like in the ceremony, or he comes and assists. And we even do like holding down rage, stand up rage, like in medicine, like those yeah, rage processes right. have shown. Perfect. And he helps. You guys are bigger, so he also helps, right? And all of that. And we haven't been able to get it get him to do it with the indigenous communities logistically there's there's other things other aspects but i really like this idea of let's do that let's create that space the men's circle guy it's the same guy the guy yeah, that maybe it would be even more powerful or find a way to find one man in that community to empower him yeah. to to learn to hold like, that he goes on his journey and then he can bring it to his village yeah. something like that it's really about the collaboration that you're already that already comes through you to make use of it just radically mm -hmm. collaborate with everybody that has a yes to collaborating in any way or shape or form and just go yes and and then directing them with your all the distinctions that you have it's like focus okay focus because this is bigger than you like yeah i'm passionate about that Thank and you. something else that i'm curious like if you go further down the cacao road i would be so up for interviewing one of these women about cacao and then linking their website and just also having this platform where people can learn about the plant and then they can go and support the people that have brought forth that knowledge. Yes, and we're, we're, there's a lot that needs to be done, but I'm really excited about this. I'm really excited about the cacao and the women's co-op and all of that. And so where can people donate? How can they support this women's co-op? Do you have a fundraiser going for that specifically? I can provide the link for the other GoFundMe that's been a little dormant so that they can have a sense of the whole story. So I can share that one. Or I think I'll create a new one with my PayPal. I'm going to go ahead and kind of start over or change the yeah. account or something. So if anybody wants to donate, they'll find a link to the donation page or the bank account in the episode. Great. Thank you, Julia. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Edgecast. If you're ready and willing or curious enough to find out more about how you could transform things in your own life, join our physical spaces. You will find all the offers on radicallyalivewomen.com.